I have a confession to make. I had the idea to write a book for years before I finally put pen to paper and published the book. So the big question is this, how do people like me who battle doubt and insecurity push past their fears and publish a book? Well, that is the question, and this podcast is going to give you the answers. So join me as I bring you behind-the-scenes interviews and insights so that you can move forward and publish your book with boldness and courage. My name is Coach Tam, and this is Publishing Secrets. We all want to be successful, right? But what if we're not being authentic in our pursuit of success. Now, I'm not talking about compromising your Christian values and beliefs because I feel confident that my audience is on fire for Jesus. But what about those times when we pretend to be someone that we're not because we think it's going to help us to get further? We think it's going to open doors or make people more receptive to our message because we all want to be successful. But the danger in chasing success is that sometimes we can lose sight of who we are in the process. But it's important to stay authentic, especially in the work that we do, because that's when our true passions come out and when God can use us the most powerfully. And so that's why I'm excited to have with me on the show today, Devin Schubert. He is on fire for Jesus and he's learned that the best thing that he can do to impact more people and to transform more lives is to stay authentic to who God called him to be. Now, sometimes that means that it's going to rub people the wrong way, but you're going to get advice in today's episode on how to stand strong and stay true to who you are. And you're going to learn from Devin that that being authentic in your personal life, your business, and your ministry is going to show the world of what God is capable of through you. Enjoy. All right, Devin, welcome to Publishing Secrets. Wow, your book is amazing, having had an opportunity to to read it. And I'm looking forward to having an out-of-the-box discussion with you today that I pray will impact others um, and open all of our eyes to a new way of thinking and living. Thank you so much for being with us on the show today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. It's an honor. And I'm excited to hear and share what God's got in my heart. Yeah. You know, as I was refreshing myself on your book in preparation for our time today, what really struck me about you is that you are out of the box. And and I would venture to say that you've probably always been that out of the box type of person. Uh, You shared that, you know, God has had you on this mission for a really long time. You stepped into ministry, I believe, at the age of 16. Uh, There's so many things that you could have been doing as a 16-year-old young adult, but you you chose to, to lean into ministry. So talk to us a little bit about how you got started. Yeah, so it, it started for me with a youth pastor, and he told me, I remember, he told me that, uh, Devin, you are a leader, and right now, you get a choice to either lead for good or lead for bad, and what you're doing right now is you're leading everybody away from Christ because everybody's watching you during youth group and during all these times, and that really hit me, 
And uh, it really spoke to me that, okay, people are following me. And then I had an encounter with the Lord and I got saved. And he said, you know what? Now it's time for you to step in and be the leader for Christ that you are called to be. And he said, I want you to start the middle school youth ministry. And there wasn't anything at that point. And so I started off a journey of not really knowing a whole lot. I had a lot of Bible knowledge because I grew up in church, but I was all about relationships. And so that's what people were always drawn to. Devin's so relational. Devin can talk to anybody. I can talk to a brick wall. I can start a conversation and echo it back and be good. But (laughs) it was all about the relationships. And that's really what started this out of the box was people wanted to, to draw in based on the relationships and not just based on, you know, what is God doing? Not just what is, mm. um, what is the Bible teaching, but instead it was really living a lifestyle of ministry through relationships with other people. Mm. You know, as I hear you speak about that, one of the things that comes to mind, I, I saw a post, I don't know, maybe a week or so ago, and it was talking about what church looks like today versus what Jesus experienced and, and, and the model that, that he was really advocating during his time on earth and how relational it was and how discipleship is truly meant to be relationship-based, not just, hey, let's come do this thing and then go back home. <laughs> And so what, what it sounds like, you know, God planted that thought in you very early and your ability to create relationships with other people is what allowed your, the ministries that you were involved in to grow exponentially fast. I think I read at one point you had 70 teens and that's, that's even, even with me also growing up in church, it's hard for me to imagine a scene where 70 teens were showing up on a regular basis. And you say that's because they are hungry and thirsty for God, but not the way it's being presented today. Let, let's talk a little bit about that. What have you noticed and how are you, how do you feel that you're called to kind of shake things up? Yeah. So what, what really draws people is realizing that no matter who you are, you've got a hole in your heart. You've got something inside of you that you're desiring to fill. And that was ultimately what God showed me in everybody that I came in contact with was, okay, I know you got a desire inside of you. What is it? You're trying to fill it with skateboarding. You're filling it with drugs. You're filling it with women. You're filling it with this and that. And I would meet the people where they're at. When I started youth ministry, I was going to the skateboarding parks. I was doing the band concert things. I was going to their houses. Jesus didn't say, hey, come to me. He said, no, go. And that's what really happened. The people that were coming to the ministry weren't the church folk. We were sitting outside. They were smoking their cigarettes. They were doing their skateboarding things. But you know what? They were reading the Bible. They were coming to know the Lord. They were getting baptized. And lives were being changed. We created a family atmosphere. And that's what Jesus did with the disciples. So really, when I looked at ministry, I looked at what Jesus did, and I just duplicated what he did. And I didn't really see that necessarily in the church that I was in or the church plants that I helped plant. And that's somewhat why I didn't last in some of the church plants is because they said, hey, your teens aren't coming to the church. And the ones that are, we don't want them in our church because they make us look bad. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, because it just didn't fit. I would imagine it just didn't fit into the traditional mold. So like myself growing up 
in church, everything had to be a certain, a certain way. There were certain things that you wore to church. There were certain types of behavior that you had in church. There were certain types of things, you know, everything is done. I remember hearing as a, as a child, everything must be done in decency and in order. And the perception of what that looks like, um, is kind of one, one way. Right. And so whenever something challenges that, it's 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 generally not received and and i think your point was hey but they're coming they're coming um they're getting exposed and 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 transformation takes time for for all of us even if we look great on the outside <laughs> there is still work that's being done on the inside and so it's it's just really it's really making me think as we're having this conversation today is not just in the church, but just overall, how many times do we, you know, kind of put something on someone and, and distance ourselves from them simply because they don't fit the, the mold that we think they yeah. should fit. And that creates distance. Um, it creates division when I think about what's going on in the world today, um, instead of bringing us together. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, it's, it's crazy because the, the church that I was working with at the beginning, they, they actually gave me an ultimatum. Either you work with the kids in the church hmm. or you leave and you can pray on it for a week. I said, I don't got to pray. I'm out. Wow. And a week later, somebody came with me with the keys to the YMCA and said, God told me to give you <laughs> his keys for Saturday night. And you're supposed to work with the teenagers of the city. And I took those 70 kids from the church and multiplied it to 200 kids in the YMCA. And the only thing we did was have relationships, do board games, and we sent, spent five minutes sharing a testimony. Wow. And the testimonies that came from that, because people really wanted to join together. They needed family. People wanted this relationship because some of them didn't have moms and dads and real relationships, people that really cared about them. And so mm -hmm. we really just love people where they're at. Man, Jesus can do whatever he wants with that because that, that's what he replicated. That's what he released when he walked yeah. on the earth. Yeah, just just loving people. And, and he was always famous for interacting with people that, uh, quote unquote, he should not have been right. interacting with. Right. Uh, you know, he, he is the, the poster boy for that. It's like, oh, I'm not supposed to talk to these people. Let me go talk to these people. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so, I, you know, I think it's just sometimes there's a there's a huge you use this word in your in your book, which we'll talk about a little bit later is this huge disconnect. You know, there's a disconnect between uh, what Jesus did and sometimes what we're seeing happen um, in the world today in, in the name of advancing the cause. But it's, it's just not tracking back to the example that Jesus gave us. Yeah. And that's what you're trying to get uh, everyone to see through your project. But but before I go there, let's talk a little bit about this bridge that you want to create, creating a bridge between generations, because that's something that's something else that we're kind of talking about here is sometimes there's a established order or way of doing things. And then there's the, the new kids on the block, if you will, that, that have a different perspective. They still have a, a heart for God. So there's some commonality there, but because of the generations being so different, sometimes that connectedness doesn't happen. But you feel that one of your missions that God has called you to is to be that bridge. Um, how did you realize that this was important that, you know, being that connection point between the two? 
Yeah. So uh, when God really laid this on my heart, it, it happened when I was at a, a gathering of church leaders, we'll say, uh, that lead networks, lead churches, and they were all these father type people. And here I am, a 35 year old guy sitting in here with all these older guys. And I'm like, God, why do you have me here? It's an invite only thing. And I, I wasn't able to talk. They didn't give me the mic. You know, I didn't feel like I had a voice. And at the very end, the Lord said, go up and grab the mic. And I said, nope, that's not what this is for. <laughs> you missed yourself on this one. And this is, this is what he did. He said, go grab the mic. And I, I asked the, the leader, I said, okay, I got a word of the Lord. And he just looked at me like, no, young buck, you ain't saying nothing. <laughs> and I said, no, the Lord wants to release something. And he just shook his head. No. And I said, you need healing. And the Lord wants to heal you. And he just looked at me and he handed me the mic. And at this point, I still had no idea what I was going to say. Yeah. And I opened up my mouth and I repented for a younger generation of sons and daughters that have hurt these fathers and these mothers. Um, and the, this generational burden that, that some of these people were carrying of just hurt and pain from people that they had poured into so much. And the spirit of the Lord just moved so mightily in this. And uh, the Lord told me, he said, this is, this is your calling. This is an assignment that I have mm -hmm. on your life is to connect the younger generation to the older generation and to bridge. Because if the older generation doesn't have somebody to pass on their wisdom, revelation, they don't have a legacy. Mm -hmm. And if they don't have a legacy, then they die with all that revelation and wisdom inside of them. And what good does that do? Mm -hmm. Wow. It's so true. It's so true. It's, it's, it's interesting, right? Is even though, you know, they're in different camps, they need each other. Like the, the older generation has the, the wisdom and experience. And I've been there and done that. Don't do that. Cause I already know how that story is going to end, right. That they need to share. And then the, the younger generation, um, even though maybe sometimes reluctant to hear those things needs that guidance. And I would argue can bring something fresh and new. You know, one of the things I, I love about uh, being around my goddaughter who is 13 going on 33 um, is that she makes, she instantly makes me younger every time I'm around her because the way that she thinks um, is, is totally different. There are no limits, you know, anything is possible. Right. And so it just, just that youthfulness, right. Is, is a positivity that can be added, you know? And so we really need each other, but we don't always see it as though we yeah. need each other. And so that healing absolutely has to happen because we're not just supposed to be in community in age specific groups. Right. Yeah. <laughs> There's something we could both learn from each other, right? right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the, the older generation, just being able to embrace that, what, what they have, what they carry can be utilized by the younger generation to be able to actually go and do and mm bring that energy, like you said, bring that energy back into them and play off of that energy back and forth. And the younger generation just has to learn that these people aren't always out to, uh, to sabotage them. They aren't always out yeah. to bash them and um, all this and that. But if, if a true relationship, if people would just open up their hearts and say, you know what, no matter what I've been through in the past, I'm going to allow this person to pour into me. And as, as a father uh, to many people and, and to my own kids, it's like, you know what? Just because somebody else burned me doesn't mean that the next person is. 
Mm. And I have to give them that opportunity, the same opportunity as I gave the last person and the same opportunity I'm going to give the next person. I mean, Jesus still Mm. had Judas. He still treated him the same as he did everybody else. And he even Mm. knew what was going to happen. Isn't that crazy? Sometimes I'm just like, Lord, (laughs) what a standard you have, you have, I mean, when you really think about it, what is not only an example, but what a standard he has set for us, because you're right. Like, can you imagine knowing this person is going to betray you and you're showing them the exact same love you're giving them responsibility, all of these things as if almost as if you didn't know it's, it's truly, it's truly mind blowing, but it does also say a lot about the value that Jesus placed on relationships and on people, even people that we're going to ultimately betray. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Now let's talk a little bit because a lot of these concepts are covered in your book, Authenticity Today. Let's talk about how, you know, you went from uh, serving in ministry as a teen and, and, and still, still serving in ministry now, uh, leading and, and coaching and, and working with people to share this message. How did all of that end up in a book? Yeah. So I, I, I've always been like a writer. I've always been a speaker, all that kind of stuff. Um, but I've never actually like sat down and wrote anything out like that. Like I don't, I don't write outlines. There was never no scripts or anything <laughs> like that. I just don't, just don't do that. And the one day the Lord said, sit down and write. And I said, what am I going to write about? He said, you're going to write about what's being put on your heart. And I said, okay. And I sat down and over 48 hours, I wrote down and it was this entire book. And it it was, it was amazing. It was amazing. I I can just see how like Paul would just sit and just write. Like Mm -hmm. that is exactly what it was. I don't know what I was writing. I didn't even understand it, but like, I just went into this flow and it was just like, I was in this different realm. I was just in this different dimension of just releasing everything that was inside of me that needed to get out that I knew that people needed to hear. And it just drove me to not, not give up until I didn't have any lead left in my pencil. Wow. And it's just, it's a hard, uh, you know, we were talking about this before we kind of officially transitioned into the interview. It's hard to imagine in some ways, this, this download of everything that's in your book in a short 48 hour period. At the same time, you know, when God really uh, is, is pouring into us and, and you're willing to set aside the time, right? Because it, it wasn't just that God was, was speaking. Um, you had to be a part of this process because you had to be willing to sit down <laughs> and, 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 and get the download and be disciplined and write everything down and not let me go do this and let me go do that. Right. So um, it, it, it's, it's a partnership and it, it just speaks to me to the importance of being willing to be in position to be yeah. where God is calling us to be when he's calling us to be there, because I would imagine you had to put some things aside to create space for this 48 hours. Is that right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I had to dig into a place inside of me to know that, okay, I can do this. Like, I don't have a choice. Like it's, it's being obedient and that's it. That's all I knew, knew what to do. And so you sat there 48 hours later, you have what is now authenticity today. 
what happened next? Did you know what to do to, to actually turn it into a book and get it published? I had no idea what to do. <laughs> so uh, I contacted a few friends and were like, hey, I just wrote this thing. Would you guys mind reading it? Um, letting me know your thoughts and edit it, you know, because I write how I talk. And uh, so they, they, I sent it off to them and um, they, they absolutely loved it. And then they sent it back to me and it was like all red. I'm like, this I love is not, it. And <laughs> this is not the red letters of Jesus. Like Jesus. No, no, this is not it. And so I really struggled for a long time of going mm. through and editing all this. And here's, here's the big thing. I went through, I edited it all out and then I read it. And the Lord said, what is the title of your book? Mm. I said, it's authenticity today. And he said, you just rewrote this book with somebody else's language. Mm-hmm. And so I went back to my original script hmm. and I made a few edits here and there of like, you know, the normal grammar type stuff, but I left it the way that I talked because the hmm. Lord said, if you're going to talk about being authentic, be hmm. authentic. Wow. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> Wow. What, what a a lesson in itself. And it's, it's so funny, right? Because the message that he gives us, it's not like, at least in in my experience, Devin, it's not like, oh, you know, this is the message that he's given me and I'm a hundred percent good. And I never have to revisit this. Like I'm constantly being (laughs) reminded of the things that I'm you know, calling others to, to take in. And so it, it was one, it sounds like it was one of those experiences for you. Hey, you just wrote this whole thing on authenticity. And then God is like, um, but yeah, are you being authentic right now? <laughs> I, and it's I, challenging, I, right? <laughs> if, if you would have just told me that before all the frustration, right. of all the red letters and stuff like that, man. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, sometimes it, it, it would be so much easier if you would just tell us ahead of time, but I think that's part of the journey, right? Is just having those teachable moments and and learning from those experiences because now you'll you'll never forget that, right? Having gone through all of that, it's 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 embraced in your mind, like you'll never you'll never forget it. So you got all this feedback. Um, at least a part of you thought, okay, maybe I I should incorporate this. You make the changes, then you realize, okay, no, I need to be authentic. So. Was there any nervousness now about releasing the book, knowing that it didn't fit kind of what some of the, you know, the people that you really respected had shared about the book? Yeah, there, there was nervousness because I didn't really know how to portray it as being quote unquote professional. Hmm. And the Lord, the Lord had told me, he said, he said, again, you're being authentic. You're not trying to be anybody else, be you. And the way that I created you, was good enough. And so that mm-hmm. kind of like stirred up my identity inside of me of like, okay, I just need, if, if I can just be myself the way that God created me, I am an outside the box person. I am different than most people out there. And I know it, I'm stepping further into that. I'm embracing <laughs> it and I'm okay with it. And it's, it's okay. But it did, it did at first bring that nervousness. And then afterwards, when I learned that the Lord said that you do not get your identity from the creation, you get your identity from the creator. Wow. That was enough. That was enough that he said, this is what I want you to do. Okay. I do a good job of arguing with God. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm number one at arguing with God, but 
he always wins every time. And yes, I always is. say, you know, wouldn't it be nice if you just let me win once? And he said, do you really want that? No, you don't. Nope. <laughs> we think we do, but we don't. <laughs> Oh, wow. That is so, that is so powerful though. You don't get your identity from the creation. You get it from the creator. That's a mouthful. And I think so many different things fall into that statement, not just writing books or publishing a, a podcast or blog, whatever it is, is are we getting caught up in the creation or are we focused on the creator. Wow. 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 So God took, took you on a, on a journey that you weren't expecting in getting this book out there. But you know, what, what also strikes me too, is, um, that there, the people that are really going to be touched by this book needed it to be written the way you would write it. So it's not going to be for everybody. I talk about this a lot. It's not going to be for everybody. But it is for the audience that God has called you to because they're looking for something in a style that really resonates with them. And that's why God gave it to you that way for those people. Um, And it's not going to, you know, I, I, I think, oh, gosh, now it's probably been, I don't know probably seven years, seven or eight years ago, but some advice someone gave me, it said, listen, your message should be so clear and so polarizing that it attracts the people that you're called to and repels the rest. And I thought, well, gosh, I don't want to do that <laughs> because, you know, we, we want to be like everybody, right? And it's, it's not like they weren't saying, hey, you know, you don't want to get along with everybody and you don't want to work with everybody. It wasn't that. It was like yeah. your message should be so clear and so distinct because you're not called to, at the point they were making, you're not called to everybody. Right. And so it, ha- it has to be distinct so that people can identify this is for me. And sometimes I think we're so busy being so general um, and trying to appease to everyone that we miss the people that we're actually called to minister to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and that's that's one thing that uh, I continually hear from people is, you know, I don't know what it is about you, but I'm just drawn to something inside of you. I'm drawn to the anointing on you. I'm drawn to the authenticity, the just that, that spirit. And I just have to continue to embrace that and be like, this is who I am. And you know what? I know that I'm not for everybody. I know that I rub people the wrong way and you know what? They can go and they talk and that's okay. They can do what they want. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because that's really at the end of the day, it's none of our business. I hope the listening audience really takes this in what, and it's a hard thing to grasp, but what other people think about us really isn't any of our business. We are called to fulfill the assignment that God has given us. And our reputation is not something that we need to be responsible for managing. We don't need to be responsible for managing who likes what we have to say and who doesn't. We are going to be held accountable for what we have been given. And that has to be our number one priority and our main focus. So if people don't get it, um, if, if people think you're weird, if they think you're crazy, great. That means that you're probably leaning into (laughs) what God is calling you to do. And the people that he has called you to will appreciate what makes you different. 
Um, it's just a matter of focusing on them and not listening to all of the noise that you sometimes hear. So thank you for being willing to, 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 uh, be that example. I'm sure it's not always easy to be that example. Um, but I'm sure that it's also very inspiring and, and you're working with people in coaching. Talk to us a little bit about um, the other things that you're involved in. So of course you've been writing and you've been speaking, but you're also coaching. Talk to us about how you help uh, people discover and embrace their identity through coaching. Yeah. So uh, my, my coaching actually started when I got miraculously healed by the Lord. And he spoke to me. Uh, he actually, I had a visitation with Jesus and he said, you are a grave digger. And I said, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> and uh, it, it, through this healing process, uh, I went through three months of him just downloading keys of healing. And when I went back, cause I was given three months left to live. And during that time, uh, I was just continually being downloaded with all these things. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do much. I couldn't process things. And when I went back to the doctor, I was completely miraculously healed. My brain and my body had been completely shut down. Now it was miraculously healed. And Jesus came and visited me the second time. And he said, it is finished. You are now stepping into grave digger. I said, wow. okay, what does that mean? <laughs> And he said, you have hope and dreams inside of your heart that need to be fulfilled. And you are now going to dig those hopes and dreams out of the grave of other people. And you're going to speak life and you're going to mm -hmm. speak life abundantly, physically, emotionally, spiritually, and psychologically to be able to help people get to where they're called to be. And so that just really like spoke directly to my identity of who I am. And people now call me Coach Gravedigger because it's anointed. That is what the Lord said your name is, is Gravedigger. Mm. And so I do that. Like when I talk to people, it is I, I look at them and I just speak life and uh, praying for people and prophesying over people and just taking that twist of helping leaders uh, get to the next level where they're called to be. Because I don't believe that leaders should be looking for followers I believe that real leaders should be looking for leaders to be built up around them to be able to pass them up. That's how we wow. live a legacy. So it's, it's, it's been an exciting, eventful journey. <laughs> wow. 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 Now, uh, are these leaders of all ages, Devin, or are you working with younger leaders as well as older leaders? Because I know that you have kind of this passion for seeing the generations come together. What does that look like for you? Yeah, so my youngest, my youngest I'm working with right now is 13. Uh, wow. She and uh, one of my one of my admin people, a, a woman, are are working together with her because she has got she she writes these devotionals straight from Holy Spirit, and I'm just like, what the heck? You're 13. <laughs> and so uh, we partnered together with her, and uh, we're coaching her up on on how to be able to put this stuff into into progress and to make pro process with it all. And then uh, working with people all the way up until their seventies, and just helping mm. them realize that your your life is not done. Like you mm. still have a season of pouring out what God is is calling you to do. Oh, oh, that's good. That's good. Wow, listen to, at that range from thirteen. Uh, to 70. Um, and so that 13 year old, you're, you're encouraging them 
um, to continue to step into the, the gifts and the talents that God has given. And I can't imagine where they're going to be as time goes on. If at 13, this is already happening, but, but you obviously your team have a pivotal role to play. Um, they need this support at this age um, in order to go into what God is calling them to. And then I love your point about the 70 year old, like, no, you're not finished and you're not done because yeah. I think what I'm hearing you say is you have a responsibility to make sure that you leave what yeah. you have learned with us before yeah. you go. And so if, if, no matter where you are in the spectrum, as you are listening to us, know that God still has a purpose and a plan for you. Um, it, it could be just beginning and you need people to come alongside you to help um, you really step into all of it fully. Um, and if you're in the latter years of your life, God still wants to use you. There is purpose in you still being here. You're still breathing because there is more that God has for you to do. So be looking for opportunities to share the, um, the knowledge and the wisdom that you have gained with other people because we need it. Don't don't allow us to have to learn these things the hard. I don't know about you, Devin. There's been so many things that I have learned the hard way. Sometimes because I wasn't listening, I will yeah, confess. Right, yeah. Sometimes because I wasn't listening, um, but also sometimes because I just didn't know any better. You know, just having someone and that's the power of mentorship and coaching is someone can tell you, hey, don't don't do that. <laughs> and and here here's why, right? For your own good, not trying to you know, ruin your fun or uh, trying to sabotage you, but really wanting to help you. And, and we don't have the benefit of um, mentorship and, and coaching and, and leading um, all the capacities that you serve in, then you can find yourself in some really difficult situations. So um, it's a blessing that you have really said yes to all these different capacities, uh, writing and, and speaking and coaching. I want to make sure that our listening audience is able uh, to connect with you to learn more about authenticity today and how you can help them get to the next level. Where should our listening audience go if they want to connect? Yeah, so the biggest thing is probably just my website, uh, legendaryleadershiptoday.com. Uh, there's a free gift to be able to, to go there. And um, it also is connected with my Facebook uh, page as well. You can just look up on Devin, Devin Schubert and uh, you'll see if you look it up, you'll see Gravedigger right around the top. <laughs> you can't miss it. <laughs> No, and I don't. I don't think we are going to forget that. God has a, a way of, um, of of giving us things that only God could have could have given us. Because I don't think you would have signed up for Grave Digger as your name. You know how long you know? it took me to actually get that out of my mouth to tell you that? <laughs> I can't imagine. I can I can't imagine the initial reaction when yeah. you started sharing it. I was like, what? Yep. Yep. He just has you in that space where you're going to be doing things that are not going to be church as usual, business as usual. Um, but, you know, when you really think about it, Jesus didn't fit neatly into a mold either. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he just he just did. So you are you are in good company. And I believe that this episode is going to inspire some people that are also outside the box. No, you don't need to. Uh, try to be someone else. No, you don't need to change your message or your style. Um, in fact, you need to lean into it. God wants to use it. He wants to use you, uh, your voice, whether it is in writing or in speaking. There is a hurting world 
that needs you specifically you, you are the only person that can reach them. So, so lean into it. Well, Devin, this has been a great time together, um, sharing and, and, and learning, uh, from each other. You know, I, I I can imagine that there is, is a, a, a person that's listening to us right now and they're like, wow, I mean, I hear what you're saying. I, I need to fully be myself. I need to be authentic. I need to embrace who God has called me to be. Um, but they're really struggling with that concept, even after all that has been shared today. What is your final piece of advice that you would give to that person that's listening to us now? Yeah, so I think it's, I think it's twofold. The first thing is when, when Jesus went and he, and he talked to people, Uh, He always met people where they were at. He loved them there, but he never left them there. Hmm. And so if we think about that with the people that we are meeting with, with who we are, if we meet them where where they're at, we love them. We see them for who they are, but we don't just leave them there. We bring them along. We bring them to to who they are called to be. And I think the second thing is for those people who are, who are really wanting to move forward, this is probably the best advice that I can give. And this will be a great nugget that if you want to have progress in your process, you have to focus. The only way you're going to get there is by focused. And sometimes that's going to be using that naughty church word that starts with an N and ends with an O. And that means that you're going to to set a boundary so you can get done what God has called you to do. And so saying no Hmm. is just the next step closer to God's yes. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed this week's episode of Publishing Secrets, where our mission is to inspire you to write, publish, and profit in a way that honors God. If this episode has been a blessing to you, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, then rate and review. And if you want support in your journey, whether you are a current author or an aspiring author, then join us on Facebook in the Christian Authors Network. Wherever you are in your journey, we have the best next step for you. So join us there and get the support that you need to make the impact that you have been called to make. Until next time, God bless.